0: Hello and welcome to The Healthy Sensitive, a podcast for highly sensitive people who are looking to fully engage in the world without losing their health, their wellness, their vitality, or their sanity. Uh, I'm Leah Burkhart, and I'm your hostess on the show. And uh, today what I want to talk about is overwhelm, because it's been a topic that's been coming up a lot lately with friends and colleagues alike. Uh, as well as clients and participants that I work with so I think it's I always think it's interesting when the same theme keeps popping up with a number of people I've in terms of overwhelm specifically what I'm talking about is that moment when I mean I guess a micro version of this would be when you're standing in an aisle and you're looking at a thousand different types of toothpaste and all of a sudden you find yourself in a position of thinking well my god I can't choose one (laughs) like um or it's when you're at the ice cream parlor and there's 50 flavors of ice cream and all the number of toppings and you're trying to figure out all the cross combinations you can make and you suddenly say oh to heck with it i'll just take vanilla (laughs) i don't know what i want it's too intense it's too many options it can also be when there's just too much going on so there's a lot of changes, a lot of transitions happening and you're trying to sort of get your feet on the ground and figuring out, okay, how do I navigate this effectively? How do I do this gracefully? Um, And in my experience, especially with highly sensitive people, the tendency is to go directly to cause, you know, how do I get right to the root of the problem? Let's dive deep, Um, which I think is really lovely. So, You know, for example, I was listening to, I believe it was a sermon or perhaps it was just a recording of of his philosophical thoughts. I'm not sure. But uh, Dr. Howard Thurman. And he was speaking about sort of human consciousness. And he has this lovely poem, I think I'll say. Certainly not a haiku, but at any rate, it's it's called The Inward Sea. And he says, uh, There is in every person an inward sea. And in that sea there is an island, and on that island there is an altar. And standing guard before the altar is the angel with the flaming sword. Nothing can get by that angel to be placed upon that altar, unless it has the mark of your inner authority. Nothing passes the angel with the flaming sword to be placed upon your altar, unless it be part of the fluid area of your consent. And he later asks the question, so what are you for, really? I mean, really think about it. You know, there is something in every one of you, he says, that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have, and if you cannot hear it, you will, all of you, spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. Whew. Yeah, that's deep. Uh, so here's what he's essentially saying. He's essentially saying really dig deep and find what your inner voice is telling you. Because if you can connect with that inner voice, no matter what happens in your life, you'll be able to navigate. And again, that's beautiful. And I agree with it. And again, a lot of highly sensitive people tend to go straight to that. Like, What is my inner guide trying to tell me? They ha- They go there before they before they take action uh, on tasks that they need to do. They go there before they think about uh, really anything else. It's like, what's my inner voice trying to tell me? And in many of the conversations I have, that's where folks go. But here's the problem. (laughs) Um, When you're overwhelmed, or at the very least, I can say when I am, my capacity to hear that voice is thoroughly diminished. And instead, I'm getting pulled by the so-called strings that someone else is pulling. So, in other words, when I'm overwhelmed, there's so many things going in my head that I shift into gear, shift into the gears that uh, of patterning. So, my patterning, for example, is I'm a yes man. So, I want to immediately do what everyone else wants because I make them happy, and when they're happy, then I'm safe because then there's no conflict. And God forbid there be conflict, I don't like that which would be fine, except that I'm already tired. So generally when I'm getting overwhelmed, I'm starting to be fatigued. And if I'm fatigued, the problem there is, oh God, if I'm fatigued, I'm taking on even more because that's easier than dealing with conflict. So it's really ironic. It's like this spiraling effect that the more overwhelmed I become, the more I take on, because that's just easier than really being honest. And, uh, Maybe that's what this is all really about when, he's, when Howard Thurman, for example, is saying, you know, dive deep. What is your true guy telling you? What he's really saying is, be honest. What do you really want, buddy? <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> like, what do you want? But again, I can't hear that voice when, I'm, when my capacity is low. So what are what are the kinds of things that shift me out of capacity? Well, again, being in the toothpaste aisle and there's a thousand different types, and I need to make a decision. That's a version of it. Uh, right now, it's just a lot going on, a lot of transitions in my life uh, in a number of areas, and that's fine. I mean, none of them are, are are swallowing me whole exactly, but they require a lot of bandwidth, and so my capacity is diminished. Now, obviously, I mean, the last time in my podcast, I talk about I talked about recruiting support, and uh, in that instance what can be helpful is to reach out and get feedback from other people but the problem is if I'm not in a good place to be able to be really honest with the people in my life about what I need and what I'm after they're gonna give me feedback based on what helps them And this is what I talked about last week what helps them is gonna be different perhaps than what helps me so for example when I'm off my rocker some of my friends will say you just need to do something just, just do it. If it's really stressing you out that you have all this stuff you have on your plate, just go do it. Which really works well for them, but that I can't do that because when I'm overwhelmed, I'm sort of paralyzed. That's just what my system does. So I need to get my thoughts sorted out first. But I can't say that effectively when my patterning is all out of whack. You know, other people are more the more philosophical. Well, what is your true guide telling you? You know, Howard Thurman like it's like, I'd love to answer that question, but I can't hear it. Um, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) So before you can answer those bigger questions, and even before you can act on anything causal, you know, when you're overwhelmed, knock it off with the causal stuff. Knock it off with the what's my inner guide telling me stuff. You can't hear it. And your actions, to be honest, would probably come out pretty poorly. It'll be very inefficient. I mean, maybe you're different than I am, but certainly for myself, if I start taking actions when I'm in a place of overwhelm and, and panic, my actions look weird and disjointed and ineffective and certainly inefficient. Like I'm, I'm running all over the place. It, it sort of looks like someone might look when they're on meth like they're going quickly, but they're going quickly in circles. It's not helpful. So I need to first get my capacity back. And this is what I find tends to be especially helpful with highly sensitive people. Before you deal with any of the action stuff, before you go there with the causal stuff, get your capacity back. So what does that really mean? Like, what what does that mean practically? Because I can go on and on about that philosophically, but like, what will get you there? Well, it's anything that balances your system again. In other words, this is actually a good time to be dealing with symptoms. What makes the symptoms less pronounced so that you can hear what you need? You can hear that inner guide. You can act effectively. Well, in terms of evidence-based practices that tend to be helpful, I'll kind of go down the list here. And this is going to start sounding really boring and sort of repetitive because a lot of these things keep coming up in my podcasts. And that's neat because what that really means is a lot of these things are going to help in a multitude of contexts. It's boring because it's the same stuff. Uh, So bear with me. Uh, The first thing, at least for me, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, breathe. (laughs) And there's a number of ways you can do that. Uh, You can breathe uh, just taking deep breaths, you know. can be that simple. You can have a system. So there's a lot of uh, systems like breathe in for four seconds. Breathe in. Hold. One, two, three, four. Breathe out. Two, three, four. Hold. One, two, three, four. And then just keep repeating. Sometimes it can be helpful to have a system. Uh, There are also technology that you there's there's pieces of technology you can use i know the apple watch for example when your heart rate gets up kind of high it might remind you to to breathe and it'll have a little visual come out where you breathe in with this visual aid that expands out and you're supposed to breathe in as it gets bigger and then the image dims and as it dims you breathe out Uh, it's really interesting it's fun to watch and you can watch as your heart rate comes back down so even technology can help with this really it's just working on things that you have maybe not direct control over, but certainly direct influence. You can't necessarily even control your heartbeat, not when you're panicked, but you can influence it with breath. Uh, Number two, you can move. Moving really helps because what's happening when you get panicked and overwhelmed is your cortisol rates go really high which means energy is flooding into your system. So anytime cortisol is pumping, that sends the signal to your cells to release a lot of sugar into the bloodstream because presumably you need it because in the past, if we got overwhelmed, it was because there was a predator. So we can move, You know, move your body and that sort of uses the tools. Like It uses uh, the energy that's getting dispersed out in an effective way. You're actually taking advantage of it. Um, you can reach out to other people And again, this is something we talked about last week, but when you're reaching out, you do want to be careful, you know, be really clear about what you need from them and, you know, to the best of your ability, be articulate because if you're not, they're just going to give you feedback that works for them, which might actually aggravate your system more. Uh, And then another, so number four, you can journal. When you're journaling though, it's best to either, A, journal about your problems, and then, at the end, try and apply meaning to it. So how can this be an opportunity? So reframe whatever challenges you're having in a way that's an opportunity for growth. Otherwise, it's just a lot of regurgitating of negative emotions, which is helpful-ish, but a lot of the evidence suggests that it's more beneficial if it's applied with meaning. Um, And you can also journal about something that happened That was good today. So taking two minutes out of your day just to think, okay, what is one thing that went well today? Well, I drove to work and my car didn't crash. That happened, or rather didn't happen. (laughs) Maybe I can journal about that. It reprograms the brain to be looking for something that went well. Um, Practice gratitude. So this more specifically means taking three things and writing them down each day. What are three things that you're grateful for? And again, it has to be authentic. You know, you can't just be, well, I'm grateful that I'm not dead. Um, <laughs> if you're not actually grateful for the thing, <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no sense of invigorate, like you're not invigorated by it or really it doesn't touch you. Don't use it. And So for me, for example, I'm grateful for my... Community, the people in my Uh, life—they support me even when it's really hard to do so. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. And it doesn't really matter what's happening to me; I can always reach for that, and it's it holds true. Number six: keep healthy foods nearby so you can grab them and munch, like especially I don't know vegetables or you know anything that will actually nourish your body. So that if you do start the going into the realm of mindless eating, that's fine. You know, it's probably not a good time to be worried about mindful eating when you're in a panicked state or an overwhelm, but you can eat mindlessly better. (laughs) So grab foods that are nearby that you can sort of keep your blood sugar balanced with. That will also support that inundation of that cortisol that's pumping into your body. It'll help balance out your blood sugar to support that. Uh, Number seven, meditate. So meditation can mean anything from actually sitting down with structure. There are you know tools out there like Headspace and things like that. Uh, you can do guided meditations. There's all number of meditations out there from Deepak Chopra's website to uh, there are things you can pay for. There are CDs you can get. I mean anything that's you can do guided meditations. In other words, you can also just sit and listen to your thoughts. You know watching them as they go by. Uh, washing the dishes can be a type of meditation. It's just anything that gets yourself to focus. Anything that allows you to focus. Number eight, you can record your own voice. So that's kind of what I'm doing now, I guess. But, uh, you know, a friend of mine told me that he used to journal, but the problem was that when he was in a, 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 and not even necessarily only when he was in a panic state, it was also just in general, he realized that his thoughts were happening faster than he could type or write, and so he started to record his voice so that he could capture more of what was happening. And uh, I experimented with that myself, and I found it to be tremendously therapeutic. It, because again, it, it even though writing is helpful to distill my thoughts, sometimes when I'm panicked, I don't really want to distill just yet. I just want to get it out. And if I don't have a friend nearby who wants to listen, who can listen. I can listen. I can be my own best friend. <laughs> uh, number nine, hobbies. Color, uh, build, uh, you know, whatever it is that gets you to think about something else. Because often depression can come about by depressive habits. You can have a habit of negative thinking, which can lead to depression. Depression. So if you're overwhelmed, just go do something else. It can be video games. It can be a sport. It can be running. It can be moving. Anything. Anything that gets you to move. And finally, number 10, if none of these work for you, then ask it as a question. What is the kindest thing I can do for myself right now? What would you do for your best friend who was panicked like this? What would you offer for advice? So again, just to really capture all of this again, number one, breathe. Number two, move. (laughs) Number three, reach out. Number four, journal. Ideally, journal something that went well today or journal your challenges and frame them in a way that gives you uh, an opportunity to think about how this can be uh, a chance for growth. Uh, Number four, or excuse me, number five, practice gratitude. Number six, keep healthy foods nearby so you can munch to your heart's content. (laughs) Number seven, meditate. Number eight, record your own voice. Uh, Number nine, hobbies. And number 10, and perhaps maybe this should be number one, ask yourself the question, what is the kindest thing I can do for myself right now? Really, the only way you can act effectively or reflect on your inner guide or your inner self effectively is when your system is in balance. And the only way you're going to get that system in balance is to reduce some of the symptoms that are distracting you. So before you go into the realm of causal stuff or deep dive into your inner psyche, do whatever it what do something that gets your system into the space where you have more capacity. To really reflect and engage in the world effectively so yeah that's uh that's pretty much it for today i hope some of these tools were helpful for you um, i would love to hear from you too if there was anything that you feel wasn't on my list and really should be you know what are some things that you do in order to get your system back under control or, or back in the realm of capacity so that you can engage in the world more effectively you know what what How do you get through those difficult times? What are your tools? I'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you have other questions or you want to read more, you can reach me at thehealthysensitive.com. Always love to hear from you if you want to drop me a line, uh, whether you want to send me a message or if you're interested in personal coaching, that's great too. Otherwise, I look forward to hearing from you. uh, Well, I look forward to speaking with you rather next week. I hope you have a wonderful week. Be well.